Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. If you play poker, particularly no limit poker, the key to your success is defined by getting max value on your hands. So Gus, they say that poker is hours of boredom and moments of exhilaration. So in those moments of exhilaration, I think you need to get max value, which by the way, you have gotten max value against me. We've played poker many, many times the last few times, right? Listen, in the house games, it's been, it, it, it's high stakes, as high as like, we're going to take it. Let's not get crazy. Yeah, I mean, let's but, be but we have had, we've had legit like four or five showdown hands, correct? Yes, Gus. I remember the straight over straight that we had. Uh, straight over straight. Who stayed in with seven two? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what uh, that's what happens. But uh, it's a great hand. Welcome back, folks, to the Screen Screener College Basketball Podcast, where we talk all things poker and basketball. And tonight, that uh, long intro is about max value because Gus and I are going to talk about a lot of things. We're also going to talk about Villanova, which I guess Gus is a buzzsaw right, running through Philadelphia right now. But we'll get to those in a little bit. Uh, what do we start with max value? So, Gus. Sort of a dead week here. I mean, the last few weeks have been incredibly exhilarating. We had Oh, without question. But look, you're going to have that with the lead up to conference play. You're also going to have that with uh, schools yep. on various breaks, doing finals, actually concentrating on being students. So yeah, you're going to have a little lull and, and we're in the middle of a little lull right now. So we're going to fill that lull, Gus, because I was sitting there watching these games and you know we're thinking about getting a poker tournament going or a poker game going over the break as we always do. I'm thinking max value. What players in college basketball, Gus, are really max value to their team? You know, what I mean by that is I don't think you can say at this point, hypothetically, of course, that Matt McQuaid is max value at Michigan State, right? Because they could lose Matt McQuaid and they can recover. So I guess I just started thinking, partner, who are some players you think are just so valuable to their team? We'll call them max value players. Now we can have the chips like kind of go up and down here. Oh, I we wish can, I had we can, chips. Yes, we can. We can go all in. Uh, like, look, what we're looking at here is we're looking at players that are bringing an enormous amount of value to their teams early in the season. Are these players first team All Americans? Maybe. Are these players like the highest scorers on their team? Maybe. Maybe not. Are these players? absolutely valuable to their team's overall success 100%. So we're going to have some familiar names on this list, but we're also going to have some names that you might be like, oh yeah, I guess that guy is really valuable to that particular team. So yeah, we're looking for the highest value that we can garner with each hand, and in this case, with with each player. Why don't we do a little ping pong with max value, Gus? I'll start here. I'll name one, then you give one. We go back and forth. How about that? I think we got about ten, right? About ten. Yeah, yeah, we got. Yeah, we have about ten max value players that we took a peek at. We tried to like pick out like, all right, what teams are really standing out? Okay, why are they really standing out? What players are really standing out on that? And then, well, there's a couple of guys that we need also need to pay attention to that might be a little bit off the radar that are still at a very high value. So the first one I think is unbelievably intriguing. Walk us through that. The first one is going to be a player, Gus, that's not playing right now, and that's John Ibugnu of Florida. Ibugnu, 6'11", 265-pound senior. He's on track to return January from a torn ACL for the Florida Gators. Mm-hmm. The issue with the Gators, Gus, is we've had two two sides of the Gators. Reminds me of that uh, character in Batman, Two-Face, right? We have the Florida team that was on fire that beat Gonzaga in basically a road game, give or take, in overtime against Gonzaga. It's a tremendous game there. 
And then you have the team that played Duke, same team, on fire pretty much. Mm-hmm. And then you have the team at home that completely struggled and got waxed by Florida State, struggled Loyola Chicago, the whole bit. So I think that if they're going to make a run for what they want and they want to win a national title, make a Final Four, that's what they're looking for, John Abunu is going to be a max player for them. He changes the game defensively. They're relying on the threes. Who isn't nowadays, right? And I think that he really opens up the offensive end for them. He's a solid double-double guy. With John Igbunu, this team can absolutely win national title. Without a Gus, I don't think they can. So that's why he is my first max value player. I think it's an excellent max value player choice, especially because his absence is showing the value that he provides for that particular team. Yep. They're asking Kolov to play the four and the five. Oh, cool. Chap is out. Of, oh, t- nuts. That's nuts. I mean, he's, he's playing a little bit out of his head and, and playing unbelievably well for the Gators, but he's playing out of position. Yep. Uh, plug a blue new back in. Then the lineup restores itself to a more traditional lineup and the Gators can then get back on track and play like the team that they played when they played. You mentioned the Gonzaga game and the Duke game. When both of those games, they proved themselves to be one of the top 10 teams in the country. I think it makes perfect. It makes perfect sense. Gus, they're not losing to the Loyola Chicago Ramblers at home if he's there. So right off the bat. Now, I don't know if they lose to Florida State or not. Maybe, maybe not. But right off the bat, he's making that huge difference. They probably win the Duke game as well, assuming the rest of the players play that well. I know butterfly effect. But I think he's, he's just as valuable as anybody. That's my type of idea of max value player. Look, if we're going to go max value player with somebody that's actually playing, your first team All-American selection preseason, Landry Shamit from oh, Wichita yeah. State, has Bingo. to be included on this. Got to be. Has to be. He is the primary reason why the Shockers are 8-1, and one, obviously the favorite in the AAC. And now they're ranked in the top five, number three or number four, depending on what, depending on which uh, rankings that you're going to take a peek at. Shamit's numbers are a little bit outrageous. 16-plus points, 3-plus rebounds, 4-plus assists. He's shooting 55% from the field. He's shooting 91% from the line. And he's shooting 54% from three-point land with a bunch of attempts, almost 50 attempts. So we have a large sample size there where he's shooting over 50%. Really outrageous. All of this after returning unbelievably quickly from an injury that we thought might sideline him until actually right now. Totally incredible, yeah. He kind of cheated the uh, – he, he found the cheat code coming back early from this injury and has played unbelievably well. It hasn't been like, oh, well, he can't do any more damage to it, but he's going to be 70%. He, he's playing like a first-team All-American right now. The Shockers are sick of the low seeds. They're sick of getting stuck with a 10 seed. They're sick of, they're sick of getting stuck in the play-in game and then having to go win a couple of games to advance. No, there's no way. The Shockers are going to be in line for a number one seed all season. They also have a couple of a uh, couple of uh, a couple of opportunities coming up, and they very well could have won that Notre Dame game, and they could be looking at an undefeated season right now if they pulled out that Notre Dame game, no doubt. And guess what? They still might get their leading scorer back. So the fact that their leading scorer is out and Shamit is playing this well puts him as a max value player, no doubt. This is a team, Gus, that has made the NCAA tournament 2012, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. They have incredible games in there. They got uh, Wichita State. They have a trip to the Final Four. They have an upset over Kansas in the second round. They were favored when that game was in Kansas. They have two games where they were lower seeded and they didn't want to be and they had a battle. 
they had ended up having to play. Well, they played Dayton in the first round, right? Something like that. They played. They had a tough game against. Yep, Wichita played Dayton, and right. uh, they ended up pulling away late in a obviously knock them out like low scoring game. The Kentucky game last year. They're coming. They're, they have scheduled up. They have scheduled up. Right. They played two games in the Big Twelve on the road. This is the, and he's doing this all without McDuffie. This, but if you take Shamit off this team, they're not in the top twenty-five. No chance. He is that valuable to this team right now. Absolute max value player, no doubt. Next one I got, man, and this is sort of an obvious one. I stayed away from Marvin Bagley because there's a lot of talent on that Duke team. You know, I understand. I still think they're a top ten team without Marvin Bagley. They're pretty good, but Notre Dame is not ranked without Bonzi Colson. So this is sort of the obvious one, if you will. Bonzi Colson was on everybody's All American preseason list as well. Right, he should right, be. rightly so. Yeah, right. absolutely. Ten games, Gus. Nineteen and a half points. Nine point six rebounds. One point three assists. Two steals. Two blocks. We can go on and on. Fifty four percent from the field. You want me to be picky? I'll go say ahead, that he's, go, go ahead. Pick 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 something away. I mean, uh, what, yeah, what's he it, doing wrong? This is what we did. Screen the screen. You have to be. And I feel like I'm an attorney here trying to do that. Right. You know, he's just falling in love with the three a little bit. I feel like he's trying to prove he can shoot the three. Last year, he's 26 of 60, 43% outstanding. This year, only 6 of 23. My point in bringing that up, man, is I think he will get better. Okay, I think he will have positive regression. We talked about Uh, that. I was just going to say, I think this falls back on your positive regression comment. Yes. And going back to the one uh, that we just talked about, the only team to beat Wichita State, that's right, Notre Dame. So, Bonzi Colson, if you want to talk max value, he is the maximum value to a team he can be with the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And and plus, he does a little bit of everything, and he doesn't have a position like we talked about on previous podcasts. His position isn't as like a power forward or a swing player. His his value is as a do-everything basketball player. That's why we love Bonzi Colson for a max value player. Next guy on our max value list is like an automatic. I think both of us had him on our first team All-American. Heck yeah. Trayvon Blewett from Xavier. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. I mean, if we're going to talk about what type of player you're looking for as a max value player, it, it, it's Trayvon Blewett. The guy does everything. He's a mismatch all over the floor, whoever you're going to put on him. If you're going to put a smaller guard on him, yeah, guess what? Yeah, that's that's not going to work. He's going to put that smaller guard down on the post and beat him up and post him up and pull that little fadeaway jumper. You're going to put somebody slower on, a little bigger guy? Guess what? He's going to break that guy down off the dribble and pull up with that nice little 10-foot jumper that he has. He's put up great numbers, almost 22 points a game, five and a half boards, almost three assists, almost a steal, almost a block, turning it over less than two two turnovers per game, shooting almost 55% from the field, 47% from three, and almost 90% from the line. The guy's a little bit out of control, and he has the perfect Robin with Makura playing the bad guy. So yep. it's almost like like Blewett gets all this like positive shine. If you're going for a max value player, Blewett is living up to that first team All-American status. And Xavier is now a top 10 team in the country, and rightly so. And they've hopped on the back of Trayvon Blewett. Blewett is max value to that team. If they're, Last year, he proved his value. Uh, enough said. I'm glad he's back. This team is looking for a Final Four, and he's right at the center. There may be no player, Gus, who is more valuable to his team than Trayvon Blow. It is to Xavier. I, I think you know we can throw Bonzi Colson in there. You can throw Shamit in there. A couple of the other guys that we'll get on our list in a little bit later, you can throw into that conversation. You pull Blewett off of Xavier, they're definitely not a top 25 team. No, no. They, they plummet in the Big East. Absolutely. Are they a 500 team? Sure. But are they a top 10 team in the nation? Absolutely not. 
Nope. All right, who do we got? Who do we got next on the list here? Okay, we talked about this last time, and let me give the full explanation. The answer is Kane Broom. And if you listen to the podcast last time, we talked about Kane Broom because, again, Cincinnati can be okay without Kane Broom. They can be middle of the pack. They could probably be the second best team in the in the American sure. without Kane Broom. But if they're going to make the finals, he's got to put forth a massive effort. Now, listen, don't come back at me and tell me, wait a minute, Mike. They just played Mississippi State, who was undefeated. They gave Mississippi State their first loss. They controlled the game throughout. Kane Broom at two points. That's correct, guys. Right. Because if the team is not talented or they want to muck it up a little bit, Cincinnati's going to be right there. Mississippi State coached by Ben Hallen, down screen, back screen. You're not going to beat Cincinnati with that type of game. Jacob Evans at 24. He's 4 7 for three-point range. Where the heck was that against Florida? No idea. Uh, Washington had 16 points. That's their type of game. But, Gus, when they play a team in the top 10, when they play a Gonzaga, when they play a Xavier again. When they play a, when, when they play it when, in Florida. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. You need somebody who can break down. They're not going to be able to control Temple because that te- Temple because that team is too volatile. That's why I think Kane Broom is a max value player on this list for the Cincinnati Bearcats. Listen, Kane did play well against Florida. He did play well against Xavier in those two losses uh, for Cincinnati. So the fact that we're bringing him up I think makes perfect sense. If he can do that and partner that with a great game from Clark, a great game from Washington, which you just highlighted, and do his thing and make a couple of threes, drop a couple of dimes, get a couple of steals, and be that change of gears that Cincinnati normally does not have, that's going to be so valuable. We think moving down the road, Kane Broom is going to be an absolute max value player. And the reason that he's going to be a max value player is because he can absolutely change the pace that Cincinnati usually plays at. And that would be like I don't, I don't know if people are going to know what to do with that. I don't. I don't. I, I honestly don't know. Gus, if you believe in Cincinnati, you believe in Kane Broom. It's all there is to it. Otherwise, you're looking at a one and done, maybe a two and done in the tournament if they get the right matchup. If they're going to get past the first weekend, then Kane Broom is going to have to be a factor in March. I totally agree. That's why we have him as a max value guy. Next one's one of your favorites. Oh, just love this guy. How, I mean, how, why wouldn't you? Put this guy on your max value list. Now, of course, we're going to talk about Jordan Caroline, one of my crushes for this year. Now, the Martin Twins are getting a ton of credit for Nevada. Absolutely legit. Absolutely appropriate. Absolutely. uh, They deserve it. They are both of them. Caleb and Cody are both playing out of their heads. Uh, They're both doing different things for the team in different on different parts of the floor uh, to find success for Nevada. But you know what? Caroline is still the anchor. He's still the guy that this team counts on every day in, day out. He's the man. He is an athletic marvel. He's putting up uh, plus 17 points, almost 10 boards a game, and he does not go shot hunting. He's not one of those guys that, like, I need to go get mine. He gets his on offensive rebounds. He gets his on open looks. He's shooting the three a ton better this year. Uh, he's shooting from the line an unbelievable, uh, a huge improved clip, and to continue our max value statement, he is averaging more points per game this year in less minutes per game this year. If you're talking about improvement and max value and you don't include Jordan Caroline, then I don't know who you should be including in that conversation because the fact that he has taken his game to another level, upped all of his numbers in less minutes per game with other ball handlers and shot makers on the team, Jordan Caroline is max value for Nevada, and he will be the reason that they get an at-large bid in March. 
Totally is. He's the one who draws the attention of the defense. When you're scheming to play them, you're scheming to stop Jordan Caroline. The Martin brothers have been great, and they've been very helpful, and they score inside, outside, make some shots. But, folks, when they play Texas Tech at Texas Texas Tech, Caroline had six points, 12 rebounds. I understand it's not a lot, but he drew attention, and that game went to overtime. So here's my point. Caroline has six points, and they go to overtime at Texas Tech, which is a very difficult place to play. That shows you how important he is. TCU, another close game, 21-10. and 10. I'm with you. Caroline's got to do well, and he's got to be an integral part of this team if they're going to go anywhere. Martin Brothers are nice. Caroline's a max value. Absolutely. I think he's the max value player for that team. And I, I love that we're still talking about uh, uh, Nevada. Let, let, let's go Wolfpack, baby. Uh, who do we got next as a max value player? We're going to talk about Texas Arlington. And if you've heard this podcast, you know how much we think of Texas Arlington. Don't get thrown off because of the loss there to Florida Gulf Coast. This is a team that is a mid-major that is coming, that people need to know about. They are going to be quite an issue. And they're a team, Gus, that I think is legit. And the reason they're legit is because of Kevin Hervey. No doubt. Now, I know that you're thinking like, okay, you mentioned the Florida Gulf Coast loss and the, and the loss to Northern Iowa. So maybe a couple of people are off their scent. Not us here. And we're definitely not off the scent of Kevin Hervey. Kevin Hervey is a legit NBA player waiting to happen. You heard Coach Cross on the podcast talk about how NBA scouts are liking everything that he's bringing to the table. He's averaging almost 23 points a game, just about eight boards, over two assists, you know, over a steal. And he's kind of long enough on the defensive end to be a difference maker for shots. And he's shooting over 40% from three. And he doesn't foul Gus. He doesn't get in foul trouble because he knows he has to stay on the court. So he's able to play defense without fouling, which is critical. Absolutely. When this team makes the tournament, yes, I'm saying when. When this team makes the tournament, the number of teams that are going to be scheming to stop what Kevin Hervey does, it's going to be countless. The guy can do everything. And he, you know what? He's going to have that moment in the tournament where he makes himself a lot of money. He's going to make himself a lot of money putting up these kind of numbers on a national stage. Next Monday night, Gus, UT Arlington's at Creighton. That's a game you got to watch because oh. they both need that one. Creighton's going to need it because they're going to have to. They're going to struggle in the Big East a little bit. They're going to need that game. Texas Arlington wins that game. They have solidified a very nice non-conference schedule. They lost to Alabama by one. They beat BYU. They lost a tough one in North, uh, Northern Iowa, Florida Gulf Coast. If they lose this one, they're not making it at large. They better win the Sun Belt. And there's some tough teams in there that are going to have to try. They're going to stop them. But at Creighton, December 18th, 9 o'clock, Fox Sports. We'll be watching. Yeah, that will, our eyes will definitely be on that game. Okay, now how about for some guys that maybe you're not thinking about? We, we mentioned like all of these guys are going to be in the running for, I don't know, like Caroline's going to be in the running for player of the year in his conference. Herbie's going to be in the running for player of the year in his conference. Blewett, Colson, Shamit, all the same. How about this? How about Jamario Jones from New Mexico State? Excellent job. How about that? The young man, the 6'5", small ball four, is putting up his finest Kendrick Williams impersonation from TCU. He just posted the first triple-double in Aggies uh, his, in the last uh, five years of Aggies play. I think Dan Mullins was the last one. He's averaging a double-double, 11 points and 11 rebounds with over three dimes per game. It's just the type of toughness that you need to win in the grind. That's the whack. We just love what Jones is bringing to the table, which includes everything. He's doing just about everything for this team, and he's doing it with a little grit. So if you're looking for some under-the-radar value, 
Go look at Jamario Jones in New Mexico State. That guy's doing everything that Coach Jans is asking for out there, and he's doing it unbelievably well, playing a little bit out of position, and he's filling a he's filling a need because Eli Chua has been out in and out of the lineup, one of their studs, and Jones is stepping in right into that role and doing everything that his coach is asking him to do, whether it's in position or out of position. Really impressed with Jones. You mentioned it, double-double, three assists as well. He's on the floor, 28 minutes a game. So important with Chua not being there. The whack is live, and New Mexico State could be the representative in the tournament. Absolutely. I would not be surprised one single bit if New Mexico State is the representative from the WAC. And they're going to have a couple more opportunities before they get into conference play. Jamario Jones, high-value player. We talk about the SEC. The SEC definitely, Gus, across the board, was underrated in the preseason. People were not talking enough about them. It's not just Kentucky. It's not just Florida. Tennessee's in there. Alabama's in there. Arkansas's been good. Michael Porter now is coming back, I'm hearing very soon, from Missouri. So this, these are the teams that are alive. And one of the other teams that is definitely not just a sleeper but a legit Final Four candidate is Texas A&M. So we're going to go to DJ Hogue. They had suspect guard play coming into the season. They were doing a good job, but they weren't sure where they were going to go. They've had the big guys up front, but Hogue has really been invaluable to this team, and he is a max value player. You mentioned about value. Here you go. 15-plus points per game, 7-plus rebounds per game, almost three assists, a steal, a block, and as you always talk about, low turnovers, high efficiency, less than two turnovers. He's 49% from the field, 50% from three, 80% from the line. Gus, I'm out of numbers. What else do you want for a max value player? Everybody was on the Robert Williams bandwagon as a lottery pick. He's been in and out of the lineup. He hasn't given him the numbers that I think everybody kind of predicted coming out of the gate. Yeah, whenever you're ready. He's on my All-American team. Whenever you're ready, Robert. <laughs> so Hoag's filled a little bit in that role. The suspect guard play that you mentioned. Uh, Gilder, Wilson, and Caldwell are actually doing a decent job right now, and they're taking great care of the ball as best as they can. So that's improved, and that's a big reason why Texas A&M has taken a big jump and hasn't lost those close games like they did last year. But guess who else is helping out with a lot of that ball handling? It's Hogue. So Hogue is doing just about everything that you can want from your, I don't know, your swing man, your small forward, your off guard, whatever you want to call him, small ball four. He's doing it all. Uh, he's handling the ball. He's rebounding the ball when Williams isn't in there. He's guarding the best wing, and he's putting up crazy numbers on the offensive end. So Hogue, high-value player. He is the reason they are ranked in the top 10 currently. Yeah, I remember him last year, and I knew he was a solid contributor, but he's really stepped up this year to become a major, major player. He's been their best player so far. Unbelievable. Yeah, I, I would not doubt that for a second. And you're talking about a team with, again, like a lottery, a potential lottery pick in, in Robert Williams, uh, Tyler Davis, who is an all uh, SEC player. Gilder had a great year last year, but yeah, Hoke's been their best player for sure. Our final max value player, we're going to give a little shine to the Ivy. Shout out to Dr. Tony, podcast contributor. His Columbia team has a high value player. That's right. It's Mike Smith. He's a pain. He's pretty good. He's an issue. I would say Mike Smith is an issue. Absolutely. He's an issue. He's also high value. His last three games, 18 points, eight assists versus Stony Brook. 28 points versus Navy, 25 and 5 versus BC, and throw in 19 points against Villanova. And I, you know what I think we're talking about? I think we're talking about a sleeper for a player of the year in the Ivy. 
I think he is that highly valued, and I think we need to pay attention to Mike Smith. And by the way, he was runner-up for Mr. Basketball in Illinois his senior year. Talk about value. I think Columbia has somebody to pay attention to on the basketball floor, and and, uh, Coach Ingles is going to put him in positions to succeed, just like he did at NJIT. I think that Mike Smith is a high-value player and is going to be first-team All-Ivy this year. Dr. Tony, excited about this, was sitting front row with his son, Luca, at the game, watching the Lions uh, go down, unfortunately, Stony Brook. But Mike Smith, always worth the price of admission. If you're in the city, folks, and you're getting a beverage, go check out Mike Smith at Columbia. Worthwhile. Fantastic. So those are your high-value players. We talked about Johnny Bugnu. We talked about Landry Shamet. We talked about Bonzi Colson, Trayvon Blewett, Kane Broom. Jordan Caroline, Kevin Hervey, Jamario Jones of New Mexico State, DJ Hogue, and of course, Mike Smith from the Ivy. So those are your high-value players from Screen the Screener on a little bit of a down week as far as games go uh, in college basketball this week. You know what all those players are, Gus? They're full houses on the river. That's you sitting at the river with a full house, and you're sitting there staring at your opponent just figuring, how much should I bet? How much can I take from him? That's what they are. John Abunu is a full house on the river in poker. That's what he is. What amount of money can I bet to get max value from That's this? That's it. That is what you do to me every time. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh Mike's got the straight. I have a higher straight. Oh, I'm all in. I call. Well, that's great. I'll see you later, folks. <laughs> time, time to get a beverage. Full house. There we go. Gus, Gus puts his thumb in the air every time I bet. It's incredibly annoying. Everybody else I play against, I can usually do well, get some reads. Dr. Tony hates me. I know when he has king high every time. It's infuriating because he just has some – he has some drinks. He has some drinks. He's going to start bluffing. He just just wait for it. But you have no idea. I have no idea. Four of a con on the river. You know, Gus looks me. We're going up. Where are we going? What else? Have I got elevator in the house? Where are we going? I got four, I got four kings all of a sudden. I'm sitting there <laughs> going, where is he going? Over. We're just saying, yep, we're going up. I could have a royal flush against you, and I would hesitantly call you on the river. <laughs> hesitantly. Uh, looking forward uh, to the next game, without question. Uh, next part, next one, Gus. John Gasway, we talked about him. Great writer, ESPN. Last year, he did this, and we actually had planned this segment before he came out with this year's update. Last year, Gus, he t- looked at the last few teams that were undefeated. And he tried to predict when they were going to lose. And we love John Gasway. He actually, Gus, got it so right that he was five out of six. I think the only one he got wrong was Gonzaga, right? Correct. I believe that he picked that Gonzaga would lose the following week to St. Mary's, but they actually ended up losing that senior game to BYU. Oh, yeah. Right? That's right. Was that the situation? I think that was the situation. St. Mary's. He was off by a week, right? Yeah. He should should be fired for thinking St. Mary's. But he nailed the Uh, other five, which was like uncanny. But he did. That's exactly so. He talks about the undefeated teams, and he's basically trying to say, when are these teams going to lose? So Gus and I thought that this would be a good skit. He came out with it. We don't want to steal his his thunder, but we just want to basically say that we had this one planned because in honor of the great John Gassaway. So, Gus, we're talking about the unbeaten teams that are left here in college basketball. There were seven Mississippi State lost. By the way, Gassaway said they're going to lose Cincinnati, which I would have as well. I think you would have as too, too, because, they, you know, they really were stepping up in class. One for one for... Yeah, one for one, yes. Yeah. Yes, so uh, now we're looking at the last six teams. I want to run through it. You give me your thoughts on when they're going to lose. I'll throw mine in as well. The first one is, and I'm going to go in order here of when they probably will lose to a certain extent. Gus, Patrick Ewing's doing great things in Georgetown. They withdrew from the PK-80, I think, because they wanted him to get off to a great start, which he has. He's been king of the little people. Hoyas are 8-0. They have an interesting schedule coming up, starting with Syracuse on Saturday at Syracuse. Gus, before we go on, 
are the Georgetown Hoyas at 8-0 going to go into the Carry Dome at 12.30 on Saturday on CBS and beat the Orangemen? I can't see any possible way. Me neither. I mean, I I know Gavan is like rebounding the heck out of the ball and and is among the nation's leaders in boards. And and Jesse Gavan's playing unbelievably well. I think beyond that, I I don't know. I can't fabricate a way that they're going to lose that game. That's like one of the kickoff games for CBS, right? Like, I I, I can't see them losing in the Dome. You'd love to see them sneak by and then get a couple more wins and then go into Big East play undefeated. But it's still not bad if you're going to go into Big East play, what, 11-0, 12-1? I think that'd be okay. Right. And so now let's go through it. Let's let's say by some miracle they do defeat Syracuse. Give me win or loss for the next few games. I'm just curious where they're going to lose next. Okay, so let's say they beat Syracuse, Syracuse. Home versus North Texas. Uh, Look, that's a win. Home versus Alabama a It's a win. Home Butler. It's a loss. Okay, that's I agree. So we're in lock, we're in lockstep there. We're in lockstep with Hoyas. Great job, Patrick Ewing. Great job, Georgetown. College basketball is better when the Hoyas are good. Hoya uh, paranoia, oh, without, without question. Patrick Ewing with the ridiculous goaltend just to block the ball to, to make the other team. We love that. Absolutely. Next one, Gus. Little tricky. Florida State's 9-0. Okay? Inter- they're, look, they're, they, they might be the most interesting team on this list. Yeah, haven't played a lot of great teams, except for Florida when they went in to beat them in Gainesville, which is a big deal. So here we go, Gus. Saturday, the home Oklahoma State. Uh, you know what? They could lose that game. I That's agree. That's totally a possible loss. Like, uh, Jeffrey Carroll might be the best player on the floor. I could see him being better than Terrence Mann that game. I, 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 like, that's not crazy. I don't if it's think, in Oklahoma State, I think we both predict they lose, right? Right. You know what? Uh, uh, g- give me a win there for Florida State. Home Charleston Southern. It's it's a win. Home Southern Miss. It's a win. Then they go to Duke on Saturday, December 30th. It's a loss. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of with you. I'm trying to come up with a way to get them past that game. Because then they host. You know yeah, what their next two games are, though. Well, then they host North Carolina, which is obviously very difficult. But I'm trying to come up with, with a way for them to lose at Miami <laughs> on January 7th. Look, I just don't see them running that gamut. So I'm with you. We'll say the Duke game, right? Yeah, but I- I'm telling you right now that that uh, game against Oklahoma State might be a little saucy. Oklahoma State might be a little sour for wasting yeah. their opportunity. They- it was a close game with Oklahoma State and Wichita State in the first half. They were that, that was a live game, and then uh, then Wichita pulled away the second half. Maybe Oklahoma State looks at this as another opportunity. I could totally see that happening. I'm with you. I'm totally with you. Next one we're going to one of my favorites, Arizona State's on fire, Gus. <laughs> Love them. 9-0. If you want to talk about big wins, they got Xavier. They have some of the best wins. They went into Kansas Beat and Fog Allen. Could be the last time Kansas was in Fog Allen for a long, long time. Here we go with Arizona State, Gus. On Sunday, they are hosting Vanderbilt. Careful. They have an NBA player, Fisher Davis. They have a great coach and coach, Drew. I'm just saying, careful. Be careful. Do you you want to make a bet on that game? We might, we might need to talk about the off-air. <laughs> okay, off-air. I mean, if, if it was at Vanderbilt, I get it. But at home, oh, dear Lord. I, I, okay. But uh, you say careful, but you, uh, you're saying that you're probably not, right? If you, Prob- you probably not. Right. But I, I think in the same boat as the uh, Oklahoma State game with uh, Florida State, I think okay. it's going to be a live game. But, yeah, be careful. But uh, let's give them the win there. Longwood. The 19th, all right. Right. Uh, De- December 22nd, Pacific. Whenever they play in Ocean, you're going to take you're going to take Arizona State. Next, Saturday, December 30th at Arizona. Look, if they can get to that game undefeated, do you know how 
awesome that game will be. That yeah. will be the signature game for our sport, college basketball, during the holiday season. It will be incredible. I am rooting for Arizona State to get to that game undefeated so there is more hype around that game than there already will be. I am rooting for them to get there. I'm rooting for the direct, uh, direct TV to come up with some sort of agreement with the Pac-12 network so we can actually watch that game. I, I cannot watch that the, game. The, I don't I have mean, that. For real, does anybody have the Pac-12 network? What, what is going on out there? I don't know. I very, they're all copying the, uh, the Big Ten network, of course. The one I thought, I, I was trying to get him past Arizona. I think uh, it's so tough. That would be a great win. If they get by that game, Gus, they're losing at Colorado. <laughs> Colorado is just frisky at home. It's a tight, it would be a letdown game if they uh, King, beat Arizona. King is really good. Gus, they're not getting past January 4th without loss. I just think it's coming. I mean, I, I just, I, I mean, listen, if well, they somehow won those two games, Gus, at Utah, I know not easy either. But then after that, Oregon, Oregon State, at Stanford, I guess, I, you know, Reed Travis, right, right. at California, Utah, Colorado, at Washington. I mean, what I'm saying is they could they could reel off a bunch. But I guess what I'm asking is, do you think they get past at Arizona and at Colorado unscathed? Here's what I'm going to tell you. I, 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 want, I just want to absorb and enjoy that game against Arizona. Uh, I don't care if it's win or loss either way. But you know what these Pac-12 teams always say. They always say that mountainous trip to Colorado and Utah on the road trip, that double up, because almost every team does that double up. That's where you take a loss, it, a little bit higher altitude. You're, you know, the tra- that's the biggest yeah, turbulence. The biggest Remy, Remy, Remy Martin gets a hamstring injury getting off the right. plane with the turbulence. Right, right. right. That, that's where the loss is going to come uh, surprisingly. Uh, again, the kids may still be on break. Then they're a little bit out of their um, out of their normal schedule. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a no, good one. you know, uh, maybe uh, that that Colorado game or that Utah game. Like all the kids do come back on campus, and they are totally hyped with an un uh, an undefeated Arizona te- Arizona State team coming in. Like that, that's where the upset happens. I, I want them to get to that Arizona game undefeated. I really, really do. Probably the hardest one for me. The Miami Hurricanes are eight zero. Jim Laranega's squad is very, very solid. Lonnie Walker had the explosion when Bruce Brown didn't play the other day. This is a team that is a Final Four contender. This is a team that has a chance to win the ACC Conference. Very, very dangerous. But, Gus, they're going to have some travel miles on them the next couple weeks. At George Washington this Saturday. Mm -hmm. At Hawaii. Interesting. Coach Gano will have those guys ready. At Pittsburgh. Now, listen, they get a week off between these games, so they have time. And then at Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. I would love to see them navigate that because we just said we think they're going to win at home against Florida State on, on January 7th. Gasaway has them losing at Clemson on January 13th. Gus, there's no way that if they're undefeated, they're losing at Clemson. It's just, and even if they lose, they're not losing at Clemson. The, I am challenging John Gasaway in the Screen Screen podcast. <laughs> There's no way Miami's losing <laughs> at Clemson. I know Brommel. We've been through this. Okay, there's no Blossom game anymore. I had him first team All American. Horrific. No way. The next game is Duke at home. I also think they're going to win that game because it's going to be home. So I'm going to keep going, Gus. At NC State, January 21st, Louisville will be done by January 24th. At Florida State, January 27th. That's when Miami's losing in my book. They could lose that game against Georgia Tech. There's no like that's gonna be a low possession game. You know that you know Pastor's gonna slow it down. They got Lammers, and that's Miami's weakness. 
is like their lack of depth in the front court. So they might get outplayed in that area. And who knows, maybe some of those suspensions for Georgia Tech might be done by then. That one's going to be tricky on January 3rd. So I'm I'm looking at that game and saying like, oh, maybe Georgia Tech gets like their win because they did surprise a bunch of people last year. That's where they get their win. So I'm calling for Wednesday, January 3rd at Georgia Tech for Miami to go down. That's very reasonable. I'm going to go. They're going to go all the way to the 27th. I think they're going to be the last team to lose. But I think it's very, very reasonable. You think they're going to be the last undefeated team in the country? I do. That's amazing. I do. I love Miami. I love love, love Miami. Love what they're doing. Larinaga came into Minnesota. I know Dupre McBrayer. Okay, it's not Michael Jordan. This is an impressive one. I'm very impressed by Miami. And I think Larinaga is a great coach. Two left, Gus. My TCU Horned Frogs, who I'm cheating on Cincinnati with. Very good. All right. Uh, what Jamie Dixon has done as alma mater is incredible. He's undefeated. We got Kendrick Williams. We got Brodzianski inside. Desmond Bain shooting 150% from the field. Here we go, Gus, with TCU. Right now, they are 10-0. Texas Southern. Okay. Uh, William and Mary. <laughs> look, look. Texas Southern always goes and plays these yeah. games. They always have players, but no, that's not going to happen. William and Mary. I love the tribe. One of the few college nicknames that does not have a color animal or ends in an S. Ah, very good. Very good. Uh, very good fact. But I'll say this. TCU is not losing to a, a team that has two first names in their title. Okay. <laughs> Fair. Lu- so no, here- no, no Lewis and Clark. No Lewis and Clark. No. Okay. Uh, very good. Uh, here we go, Gus. Home Oklahoma. Yeah. December 30th. Trey Young goes for 50 or something. You know that Coach Dixon is going to have some sort of defensive game plan to match up against Trey Young. And plus, they actually match up pretty well with Robinson and Fisher and Bain in the backcourt with Trey Young. So they actually have defenders that can like get in his grill a little bit and maybe go like kind of his speed, even though Trey Young does have an unbelievable change of speeds, and that's what makes him really special. So I, I think that TCU is going to get past Oklahoma there, but I, I don't think it will, will not be without a fight. Then they go to Baylor. We may disagree on this. I understand that's tough. It's at Baylor. Manu being Manu. I'm not buying it, Gus. I'm not buying TCU losing at Baylor. I don't think Terry Masson will be back yet. So uh, that could be a very popular one for people. I don't see it. I don't see them losing at Baylor. Interesting in-state matchup. I don't think that Baylor will have the horses. I do think it will be a little bit of a lower scoring game. I could see Manu LeCompte having a big game, but I think he's going to run into the same problem that Trey Young does. So I'm going to say move on. Let's go to the next game Saturday, January 6th, which I think gets saucy. Saturday, January 6th. Yeah, it's Kansas. Kansas stinks. TCU is going to win. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, no. Wow. Disregard. Disregard. Unbelievably <laughs> dismissive on your part. No, dismissive. No interest. Ha- hey, okay. How about their next game, January 10th at Texas? Yeah, that's where they're losing. That's it. That's it. That's where I lose. Okay. I think Shock is going to step up. I think they'll be healthy by then. Uh, uh, we haven't even mentioned Gus. We've been able to go 41 minutes of this podcast without mentioning Michigan's massive win over an Andrew Jones-less Texas. So it's really, it's not exactly worth talking about because no Andrew Jones league score, but he'll be back by then. I think they beat him. So you think that Texas will have their act together. Andrew Jones will be back and they actually will beat an undefeated TCU team. Yeah, I think they'll, re- they'll be recovered from the uh, Mo Wagner destruction that they just had. Yes, I think. My- <laughs> I saw Andrew Jones not playing. I burst out laughing. I go, boy, I can't even brag about this to him because nah, that's not fair. No. That's, that's not a fair no. one. It's totally fair. I, again, again I, I love Mo Wagner. I love him. When you woke up, did you know about that? I was, I was still picturing you waking up going, oh, what happened with Texas? Oh, are you kidding me? 
<laughs> no, no, I was fine with it. I was okay. <laughs> no, Andrew Jones, I can't. By the way, that, that the, the, the fishy line that we put out there was just to spite you. I, we took, no, te- thank you. We took Texas thank you. just to get under your craw a little bit. Appreciate it. I don't know how I ended up with Michigan. I don't know how ended up happening. I, I love Gonzaga. I'm in with Michigan. It's like a bizarre on my ground. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. Before you tell me they're losing at Vanderbilt, I'm moving on also. So the last team here, uh, <laughs> Villanova, Gus. I think Gasway's got him losing next December. But I, <laughs> Villanova's 10-0. Here we go. Gasway has him losing in February. But we had him at Temple. They handled them. Did a very nice job tonight. Yeah. I, the Pride, Hofstra on the 22nd. Nice try. At the Paul, I just don't see it. Go ahead, Gus. At Butler, December 30th. Any shot? Look, it's happened before, but the, the cast of characters has changed a little bit. So, we got, I mean, again, they've done this before, but I don't know if Coach Jordan is all the way ready to beat an undefeated number one ranked team on his home floor. Maybe they'll play well, but I don't think they're going to beat them. Totally agree, especially after last year. They have a reason to be motivated, okay. and I think you have to kind of catch these guys napping a little bit. I think that's the only. How, way about, how about Marquette? Marquette was able to do it last year. Yeah, no, not when everybody's below five ten. I just I can't. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good. That's a good point. Matt you? Howard. Matt Howard will shoot seventeen percent from the field. Uh, how about how about January tenth? I mean, January tenth seems to be a very big day for games. January tenth, Xavier. What do you think? No, I think Kaiser Gates has to hopefully get into double digits attempted inside the three-point line by then. But I just I don't see it at, on the road. I know the Kaiser Gates still staying there. Okay, so he's the type of guy. Who, he's like he's like our friend growing up used to shell out the three-point line. I mean Kaiser, you're six nine. I mean you got to get inside, but good. But uh, I can't see it, Gus, at home. That, that's the one I, I want to say yes, but I can't. Okay, I'm gonna keep running down here. How about at St. John's on January 13th? But possible. Pons. Not likely. Not likely, but possible. Okay, MSG. You figure there might be as many. Uh, there might be as many Nova right. people there as St. John's yeah. people. They should play that alumni hall. They'd have a better chance. No. Okay. Yep. Totally true. How about at Georgetown? No. So. Oh, at, <laughs> at Connecticut, old school no, Big I... East showdown? Kevin Alley be fired by then, you think? I don't know. Wow. You are on fire tonight. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. It's you know, it's fine. I guess they're going to be the last team. I'm looking at this now. I guess they're going to be the last uh, one. Go ahead. You know, you know what? How about Providence, January 23rd? <laughs> Uh, boy, they've been terrible. Providence, this should be a lot. Better. I know they got seven guys back, but I mean, that's so. This is the one team where the people returning have not gl- gelled yet. I think I coolly will get it together. He said, "I have to be tougher on them." That's not a good sign, Gus. But no. So the answer is no. Uh, how about back at Marquette? Keep going. Creighton, <laughs> not home. It's not. Yeah, I like Thomas. I like Foster. It's not. Okay. But Gus, there's a game after that. How about Sunday, February fourth, against Seton Hall? How am I going to say this with my Kevin Willard thoughts? Yes, that is where Villanova is going to lose. They're going to lose at home at noon. Here's going to come a senior team that's going to bang inside. Yes, Gus, I think Seton Hall is ending Villanova's unbeaten streak in Villanova. That is outrageous. And idiotic, but I'm picking (laughs) it. So Gasaway has them losing uh, like at Xavier, I think in February. Yeah, at Xavier in February. And you're so you're not waiting for the Seton Hall home game later in February. No, no, because I I just don't think they're that good. Right. That they'll be able to run the gamut there. They'll be coming off a road game at Marquette. They'll turn around that week. They'll have Creighton. Then that's going to be a tough one for them. And then they're coming home and here's Seton Hall. This is Seton Hall's life. This game. This is going to be Seton Hall trying it, to establish it, it, themselves. It really is. 
and they're going to be fired up. I'm going on the road. Jay Wright, I'm taking it. I'm taking Seton Hall and those four horsemen. Yes, I am. That I, I kind of love that pick. That's fantastic. And by the way, the Big East is going to be awesome this year. The Big East is going to be, gonna be great, yeah, man. it's going to be fantastic. One of the storylines of why it's going to be fantastic is Villanova trying to run roughshod over everybody. And do they make it through the regular season undefeated? I think that's an unbelievable storyline for basketball fans everywhere, but especially for Big East basketball fans. All right. So to review, we had Georgetown. We figured out where Georgetown, Florida State, Arizona State, Miami, TCU, and Villanova were going to lose. So we just want to give, again, give thanks to John Gassaway for his article and his predictions and allowing us to talk off of that a little bit. And, um, you know, if you haven't read his article yet on that, please go put your eyes on it just because he was so Nostradamus, uh, so, so Nostradamus-ish like last year with it. He, he just missed going six for six. Yeah, and so now we stole from John Gasway once, Gus. We'll steal from him one more time. Uh, the first one is really cheap because we were not stealing. This one we're directly stealing. He pointed out, Gus, <laughs> that the week, the, the week six AP poll, oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. week six right. AP poll has been massively accurate in predicting the national champion. The eventual national champion has been ranked no lower than 12th in the week six poll every season but one since 1999. And by the way, the only year where they were not ranked was they were 13th, which was Kansas back in 2003. Unbelievable. Or I'm sorry, Syracuse, who beat Kansas in 2003 for the title. So Gus, here we go. Yes or no, can you envision these teams winning the national title? So there are some here I just can't see winning it. Ready? Okay, go for it. Yes, Yes or no. Can you see the Villanova Wildcats being this year's national champion? 100% can see that. I'm I'm getting I'm I'm growing more and more fond of Villanova this year. All right, I'm going to say 100% no because uh, I don't see Jay Wright winning two titles in three years. I that, uh, I, mean, well, I may be asking, I just don't I don't see that. Look, look, I, I, I'm I, not I'm not saying they're going to win it this year. I'm saying this is the best Villanova team I've seen in the past 10 years. I I just I love them. They're a great team. They're doing a great job. I just I can't see it. No. Uh, however, uh, Michigan State. Us? <laughs> I'm going to say yes. I I, I'll say yes too. Yes, they okay. they can win the whole thing. Wichita State. I picked them for the Final Four, so I have to say yes. But I do think they can. Uh, I think they can as well. How about this? I like Michigan State and Villanova. I I would favor both of them over Wichita State. I would favor Wichita State over Villanova. Fascinating. Very very good question. I like that. Gus Duke, absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah. Here, here, here's. You know what? You know why they won't? They can't defend right now. If they can get their defensive act together, then they can win the whole thing. The way that they're defending right now, they will not win the whole thing. Arizona State. <sighs> Look, we love them. We're rooting for them. It's awesome that they are in the top ten. There's no chance they're going to win the whole thing. They just don't. Um, they don't. They don't defend at a high enough level. To win the whole thing, not even close. I'm going to give them a chance. All right, you give them the chance. I'm not. Giving, I don't I'm not giving why. them a chance. I, I'm giving them a chance because guards win. I get it. I'm in the minority. I, I get it. But if you told me that I had to make a decision, definitely no or definitely yes, I'm not saying definitely no. So there's my double negative for the podcast. <laughs> Gus, Miami. No. I'm going to say no also. I don't see Jim Laranega winning a national championship. They don't have enough uh, down low. They don't have enough required bigs to win the whole thing. They have the guard guard play and they defend and they have excellent coaching. They do not have the required bigs to win the whole thing. North Carolina. (sighs) No. It it pains me to say that, but no, I don't think they're going to win the whole thing. 
they are not winning three. They're not going to the finals three years in a row. I'm sorry. I just, uh, what, that, what, UCLA? We're back to UCLA? No, I don't see it. Great job, Kentucky. Much better than I thought. I mean, North Carolina, much better than I thought they were. Absolutely not. Gus, Kentucky. No, they don't shoot it well uh, enough. With you, too. That's a no. Texas A&M. Hmm. Billy Kennedy in a big spot? Hmm. <laughs> I want to say yes so bad. I do. I want to back Eric Fawcett's Final Four pick. I want to say yes to this. I can see them making a Final Four. I can't see them winning the whole thing. How's that? Yes, that that's a, that's a fair comment. I'm going to say yes, and my rationale is going to be Robert Williams could take over in the second half of the year. Okay. It is it is possible okay. that Robert Williams could carry them. I will say yes with them. Gus Xavier. Yes. They They can win the whole thing. Oh, this is the hardest one for me. Here, here, here's my reasoning while you, while you, while you hem and haw. My oh. thing for them that they can win the whole thing is they have the stud. They have Trayvon Blewett. They have the Robin. They have Makura. They have the required bigs with Cantor and Cantor and Omira, and they have a selfless point guard Gooden who doesn't need to score the ball and will just take good care of the ball. They're decent on defense. They have all the elements that you need to win the whole thing. Yes, Xavier can win the whole thing. You, you swayed me. I'll say yes. I agree. Okay. Uh, 11, West Virginia. Can see – they're in the same boat as Texas A&M for me. I can see them making a Final Four like they did with that Butler team, but I can't see them winning the whole thing. I want to see them with uh, a mod back to see how whole they are, but I'm going to hold out until I see him get back from injury. So I'm going to say I can see them making a Final Four. I can't see them winning the whole thing. I love the way you said it. Final four, but not national champion. Totally agree. Gus, the number 12 team in the country now is Gonzaga. Yes, they can win the whole thing. I agree. I think it would be poetic justice to see him win after last they year. Can win the, they can win the whole thing. Hey, Gus, you know who number 13 is? Uh, <laughs> was it Kansas? It is Kansas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh no, they're not, they're not going to win the whole thing. I got to put out a tweet later. You know, one of those where uh, Homer Simpson goes back into the uh, Ivy. You know, I'm going to put Devonte Graham. No, no, I think I think that's uh, is that Homer Simpson or is that Homer Simpson's uh, dad? Is that the grandfather? That puts oh, his I think hat. it's Homer. Doesn't he, doesn't no, no, I think it's Homer. Oh, okay, it okay, is Homer. Okay. Yeah, you're better at this than me. I'm not a Simpson guy, but I think it's Homer. It's going to be people who thought Devonte Graham was a first team All American. <laughs> that cricket. Thank you. No, thank crickets. you. <laughs> I know. Mike Hopkins zone. It's tough to break. <laughs> 35 against Toledo. We're all excited. All right. Gus, I think that's all we got for tonight. Look, uh, we did a lot of John Gassaway. We did some max value. We talked poker. I'm going to wear um, a hat and glasses and a turtleneck next time we play. Yeah, this was fun. Anything else? Uh, yeah, let's just get some operational stuff out of the way. Guys, if you really like what you're listening to, please follow us on Twitter at SVS Podcast. Uh, you can give Mike a follow, of course, at Randall Rant. Uh, And if you're looking to get some of our stuff on print, please go ahead and visit RandallRant.com. We have Mike's Short Corner, awesome write-up every week. We have our rankings up there. we got a couple of other things that you guys can explore and check out there. So please go ahead and hit that up and click around and explore. Uh, If you want to contribute something to the show, please email us, sdspodcast at gmail. We'd love to hear from you. And, of course, if you give us a review – on iTunes, we will gladly give you a shout out on the podcast and, and thank you, uh, you know, in voice. Uh, so please, if you find some time this weekend, like in between some holiday shopping and, and, and errands and things like that, uh, you know, 
put a review up there. Give us five stars. Say something nice about us. It'd be awesome. And then we'll reread it out there and, and give you your props. Uh, Mike, anything else we need to take care of out there? No, I got to start Christmas shopping. My wife's got gifts being delivered. Some big box is right behind me here. And I don't look, Gus. I don't actually look at the presents. Right. But I mean, I, I think I got some good stuff coming because I've asked her for a Bo Jackson jersey. Really? Uh, I, yeah, I think, I think well, I'm think uh, I'm, uh, I'm assuming a Raider jersey, no? Or yeah, yeah, I yeah, football wise jerseys. The only one I have um, is I have Steve Smith, of course, because I just think Steve Smith is just the ultimate competitor. He gets his arm broken and he still makes it in the end zone on that play against the Jets or Giants. I think it was unbelievable. Uh, and now at Bo Jackson because it's the greatest athlete I've ever seen in my life. We used to go to Florida uh, with our friends Troy and Jared, member oh, Pensacola, yeah. tra- track and bow. We wake up every morning, <laughs> paper track and bow from Pensacola. But uh, I'm getting killed. I got to find gift for my wife here. I'll, she, I go, what do you want? She goes, I like some socks. That's eh, not really going to cut it with a radio. No, I don't. I don't <laughs> so. so in in my Christmas uh, Christmas gift, uh, I don't know adventure. Uh, I, I've had to, you know, I get my girls from aftercare, and I've had to hit home first. To make sure that there are no packages on the porch for them. Yeah, it's always tough. And then go, you know, hide it in the garage and or you know whatever uh, on the back stoop or something like that. And then go and get them from aftercare and then be like, oh, you know, daddy, why were you a few minutes late? Oh, you know, you know, a little traffic, little this, little that. So we, we we've tried to like pull the wool over their eyes. I don't know if they're buying it though. I just put the uh, – that's very tr- – that's what it is. got to catch those things. And luckily, my son is three. Box comes home. He doesn't know what the heck it is. You just say, oh, it's cake or something. He's fine. Uh, <laughs> he runs around, bites. He's tackling. Guys, I just put it out on my Twitter account at Randall Rand. People who thought Devontae Graham was a first-team All-American. I didn't want to use the screen-the-screener one because I, I don't necessarily want to have vitriol sent to our screen Right, right, right. Yeah, sure. So I will leave it up to you whether you retweet it or not. It's totally up to you. Oh, 100%, I, you know, 100% yes. What what they're doing is is my my takes, which in case folks you haven't noticed, they're very aggressive takes because I just don't believe in being mediocre. What they're doing now is they send all my takes to uh, at old takes exposed, which is this Twitter account where you alert these hundred and seventeen thousand followers to something that you think is a stupid prediction. So when it doesn't happen, everyone floods that guy's box with like comments like you're an idiot. So one of them was like a fantasy football prediction that didn't go right. Sure. Uh, but I was right. There. I mean, I got likes, retreats, die, moron, <laughs> idiot. So when Devontae Graham drops 35, by the way, <laughs> as they knock off TCU. That would make okay, that, come back to bite you. All takes exposed. Okay. All right, folks. Thank you very much. We love college basketball. Thank you for listening. Give us a review. Hit Gus up. Myself, Devontae Graham. We love it. TCU. We'll see. Cheers. Salacha. Grazie. Grazie.